it's beginning where we ended off two weeks ago. And we had this break of, uh, of Tazriya Metzorah. And we're beginning, it says, and Hashem says to Moshe, after the death of the children of Aharon, in bringing in front of Hashem a, this, uh, they, they drew close to Hashem and they passed away. So we gave a number of reasons. The rabbis search for a reason. They come up with seven reasons, eight reasons, ten reasons why the children of Aharon passed away. Hashem says to Moshe, Tell your brother Aaron, Do not come close to the Kodesh. Don't come to the Kodesh HaKodeshim. He says, He shouldn't die. In a cloud, I'm going to stand there. So the explanation is, Hashem is speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu after the death of his nephews. They came close. Bekor Vatam. So it seems that this Bekor Vatam could be the cause of their death. The Torah is telling the reason, or maybe it's telling us the time or the occasion they came closer. So Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu to tell his brother Adon that he should not come anytime he wants to the Kodesh HaKodashim. The Kohen Gadol is only supposed to come into the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur. The rest of the year, stay out. Interesting that according to the Gaon Medilna, according to Midrash, he's really not addressing Aharon. He's addressing all the other Kohanim, all the other Kohen Gadols that will follow. Aharon himself could actually come into the Kodesh HaKodeshim if he brings the same sacrifice he would bring on Yom Kippur. But simply, you can't just come in. Don't come in unannounced. There has to be a process. Rashi says, or he asks, always saying that the sons of Aharon died for coming into the Kodesh HaKodeshim and others should beware? The, all the rabbis ask, is this why they died? And we go back and we had all those reasons. Was it because they drank? Was it because they were wearing their own clothing? Was it because they didn't show respect? Was it because they spoke against Moshe and Aharon? Was it because they didn't have children? Was it because they weren't married? So we have all of these reasons. What's the story? Bekor Vatam. That's what it says here. They came close. So we have this warning. Don't come unless it's Yom Kippur. Don't come unless you go through the specific process. It's an interesting halakha in the Gemara. The Rambam brings it up. The Kohen Gadol must have a wife. He has to be married. It says, Vechaper ba'ado uv'ad beto. He has to bring atonement for himself and for his household. The Gemara asks, what is Beto? What is his household? And the, the, the Gemara says, his wife. So it seems if the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur goes through the whole process and he doesn't have a wife, there's no Kapara for Bnei Israel. He has to have a wife. And it's interesting. Why specifically on Yom Kippur does he have to have a wife? On Yom Kippur, we separate from our wives. The Kohen Gadol separated from his wife to prepare for this whole idea of coming in on Yom Kippur. So if he's separating from his wife, why does he have to be married specifically on Yom Kippur? And if he's not married, he can't go into the Kodesh HaKodeshim. And the rabbis answer, no. He, of course he's separating, but he must be married. And if she died, there's no kapara. There are different opinions that if she died, there was a second wife who he would marry or would be his wife on condition, or the assistant Kohen Gadol would go in because he was married. 
Now it's interesting. The rabbis ask a question. What do you mean? The Kohen Gadol could be 100 years old, 110 years old. He doesn't have a wife. He can't go in. He needs a wife. That prevents him from working as the Kohen Gadol. And some of the Chachamim go further. They say, you know what? The reality is it's not only the Kohen Gadol. Every Kohen has to have a spouse. The Gemara says, like we said, he has a second wife on condition. So the question is, wait a minute, according to the Torah, a person's allowed to have up to four wives. So can't he have two wives and just have two wives? And the rabbis answered, no. The Kohen Gadol can only have one wife. Everyone else could have more than one wife, but on Kohen Gadol, only one wife. So for him and for Beto, for his houses. <clears throat> so it's strange. We have to try to understand why is it necessary for the Kohen Gadol to be married in order for it, this to work. In order for the whole process of Yom Kippur to work, why does he need to be married? We read two parshiot. We read Acharemot and then we read Kedoshim. We learn in, te- in Kedoshim, Lotikom, we have the Ahavta, Lereacha. You shouldn't hey you have to love you should love your your friend rough translation your friend like yourself Rabbi Akiva the greatest of the rabbis says this is a great klal in the Torah the Gemara goes further it says when the goy came when the, 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 the person who wanted to convert he came to Hillel and he says to Hillel please Hillel first he went to Shammai and he says I want you to convert me while I stand on one foot and Shammai took his stick and smacked him. Then he comes to Hillel and says, I want you to convert me while I stand on one foot. And Hillel said to him, Don't do unto others what you wouldn't be what you wouldn't want done to you. Don't do unto others what you wouldn't want done to you. It's basically a version of Ve'ahavta Lerecha Kamocha. He says, This is the basis of the Torah. Everything else is just explanation. Go and learn. So the question is, what do you mean? This is the core of the whole Torah, everything else. You can go learn. How is this the core of the of the whole Torah? Everything else is an explanation. Rest is nothing. It seems that the Ahavta you should love your brother like yourself, is one of the 613. But is this mitzvah more than any other mitzvot that Rabbi Akiva says, It's very nice. We should love each other. But to tell someone he's standing on one foot, this is the basic concept of Judaism. Everything else is simply... <coughs> just an explanation how do we understand that we are in the period of Sefirat HaOmer we're pretty much dead center in Sefirat HaOmer right now in the counting of the Omer and one of the things that we recall during the, the Sefirat HaOmer the period of the Omer is the 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva 12,000 pairs of students died and what does it say why did they die they did not respect one another. They did not respect one another. We don't really understand what this means. But then the question is very simple. If we're going to say that they didn't respect each other or they didn't respect someone or they didn't respect people in the generation, it's not a death sentence. The Torah doesn't say. You know, it says, don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery. But it doesn't say, if you don't respect each other, I'm going to kill you. There's no halakha. That, that respect, not respecting equals uh, death. So what, what does it mean? Why are the 24,000 students dying? What's going on that we have this, this period where we, 
where we commemorate, we remember the 24,000 students, and in some way, we, we mourn their death. Uh, 2,000 years later, we're still mourning their death. Next, the Zohar says, Shavuot, so remember, the beginning of the Omer, we start to count the, the day after Pesach. So what, for us in, uh, in Galut, it's the second Seder. We start to count the Omer, the first night of the Omer. And we count 49 complete days until we come to Shavuot. And basically, B'nai Israel, when they first left Egypt, from when they left Egypt, they counted these days until they would receive the Torah, Matan Torah at Har Sinai. So we count these 49 days and then we come to Shavuot. Shavuot is like the wedding of B'nai Israel with Hashem. And the rabbis say in the Zohar that Shavuot Atidim, in Shavuot we are in the future, we will be saved from Galut. Expect on Shavuot to have Mashiach. There's another place in the Zohar and it says Mashiach could come anytime. The Midrash of Rabbi Yonatan ben Uziel said that really the, the Mashiach could come, but the only time we can come out of exile is Leil Shimuri, Pesach. So the question is, can we come out of exile on only Pesach? Or can we come out of exile also on Shavuot? How does Pesach relate to Shavuot? Is it a contradiction between the Zohar in one place and another place? Is it a contradiction between the Zohar and Rav Yonatan ben Uziel? What is the answer and how do we understand this idea that the Mashiach can come only on Pesach? No, it could come on Shavuot also. The rabbis tell us that when Adam HaRishon was created, Adam was so great that the angels, when they saw Adam, Adam before the sin, they were confused, is Adam Hashem? That's how great Adam was. We don't really understand what that means. But there's an idea that Adam was so great, he was at such a high level, that way beyond the angels, that the angels couldn't even imagine. So the rabbis tell us, the Torah tells us, that Adam is created, and Adam, it says, Lo matza ezer kenegdo. He didn't find an ezer kenegdo. He didn't find a spouse. He looked through all the animals. All the animals have... Have, have mates. He has no spouse. He has no mate. So he turns to Hashem and he says, I don't understand Hashem. Everyone else has a mate. What about me? And Hashem says, you know what, Adam? Good idea. So he brings Adam, puts him to sleep, puts him into the operating room, puts him to sleep, and he separates Chava from Adam. So takes one being and they become two beings, but they were one being together. So that question we have to ask, what does it mean that Adam HaRishon has to come ask for a wife? If we say that Adam, before the sin, was the highest of all creatures, his greatness was so high that the angels couldn't even understand him in creation. If Hashem created Adam in this manner, where Adam was both man and woman together, whatever that means, then probably we didn't need to have a wife separate from the husband. So what does it mean that Adam HaRishon is coming and asking for one? Are we saying that Hashem didn't create a world in perfection? That Adam had to say, hey, hey, God, you gave everyone else a mate. What about me? Adam is asking Hashem to give him a mate. And if Hashem wants, makes it. If he doesn't need it, then he won't make it. Adam could ask Hashem, Hashem, why am I different? Why does everyone else have a mate and I don't? But he comes and he asks, and Hashem says, Okay, I'm going to do what you ask. 
And then the question is, okay, maybe if the intent always was for Adam Harishon to have a mate just like Adam to make just like everyone else has a mate, why is Chava only created upon request? Why is she only on request? If it's good, he should have done it before. If it's not good, he should have done it never. So another question we, we stop with. We're going to come back to try to answer everything. Rabbi Nohari, Darizal, he says that when we look at the Sheva Berachot, the weddings, the, the blessings at the wedding, we have the seven blessings at the wedding, the final blessing, the, the seventh blessing, the one we all sing together, and the one we always have, the expensive chazan, he has to come sing. We say, So we, we all have different tunes. So we say, Hashem created joy and happiness. Then he goes further. It goes through these types of joy. Then, love and brotherhood. Shalom vereu, peace and friendship. And it said, then quickly we should hear Yehuda kol sason vekol simcha. It says, hopefully we're going to hear the voice of simcha. But what's the connection between marriage and the presence of Hashem? What's the connection? Why does it take marriage to bring the presence of Hashem? And we have to understand that in every generation, so let's leave, that's another question, we'll go further. Every generation, we have something called Nishmat Mashiach. Nishmat Mashiach, the Neshama of the Mashiach, the Mashiach, the Messiah, is there. Where is the Mashiach? He's in a room. He's in a spiritual room waiting for the call, waiting to be called to go to work. What's this place called? This called is Ken Sipur. Ken Sipur is the nest of the bird, the bird's nest. The Mashiach is sitting in the bird's nest. Where is the bird's nest? The Zohar tells us it is in a place called the Hechal of Ahava. Hechal Ahava, the hall of love. The hall of love is related to the uh, Sefirah of Chesed. It's from this room, this hall of love, this auditorium of love. From here, we're told that Hashem gives us, because it's related to this concept of Chesed. Chesed is complete giving. Hashem gives us from this room, whatever that spiritual concept means, that which we don't deserve. Normally, in a world of justice, you only get what you deserve. But when we have access to this place called Hechal Ahava, even what we don't deserve, Hashem gives us. Hashem gives us. Normally, a person doesn't get what they don't deserve. We have to earn it. We deserve. We get it. But there's one room that a person gets even what they don't deserve. And this is called this room of love. Whomever Hashem loves, He gives, that person gets from there. But there's a condition to have a connection or to have access to this room called the room of love. If a person is connected to this spiritual room, even if that person doesn't deserve the Shefa of Hashem, Hashem's going to fulfill. Hashem's going to give. We read in the Torah about Ahava. Where do we see Ahava? The first time we really see Ahava, Abraham loves Yitzchak. We see Yitzchak loves Rivka. Rivka loves Yaakov. Yaakov loves Rachel. <coughs> we see Yaakov loves Yosef. 
What does it mean, loves? What is the concept? Do we believe that Yitzchak loves Rivka and his heart goes pitter-patter because he sees her? What does it mean Yaakov loves Rachel? What does it mean Yaakov loves Yosef? Rabbi Ari explains, a person, as Jews, we need to understand this concept of Ava. We need to understand this concept of love. What does it mean, love? And Rabbi Ari explains that this is the level of the Hechal Ahava, of the ballroom of love, of this auditorium of love. Through love, we have access to the room called the room of love. And from there, we can access blessing and shefa, blessing and light. We have to reach this concept, we have to reach this room. What it means is that a person has to love Hashem. Sorry. A person has to love Hashem unconditionally. It's not to say that if Hashem's nice to me, then I'm going to love Hashem. Hashem gave me this, so I'm going to love Hashem. Love has to be unconditional. It's a very difficult concept, but unconditional love, they say, is very rare. We also have to say that when a person feels Hashem's angry, I didn't do what he wanted, it doesn't mean Hashem doesn't love me. It doesn't mean I don't love him. The Arizal goes on to explain that Ahava has to be something that's not based on conditions. So the con- concept of Ahava in the Torah, the concept of love, has to always be unconditional. We say every day in Shema, and you should love God, Hashem, your Lord. That's how we begin the Shema. We have to love Hashem. Unconditional love. The test is, do I love Hashem even when things don't seem to be going my way? Is there still love? And only then, when I can love unconditionally, I could reach the room. Even even when I feel I'm not connected in some way, uh, I have to be able to get to this, this level of unconditional love. And the test is, when you don't think Hashem loves you, or you have a reason that maybe you th- not to love, can you overcome it and maintain this, con- this con- unconditional love? So the rabbis explain, it's not easy. But Hashem has given us a method. He's given us a path. He's given us a process to be able to get to this concept called unconditional love. Adam is created. Everyone else is paired. There's no one for him. And the problem is, Adam is saying, I cannot show my love to anyone. So he tells Hashem, I want a spouse. He's going to have a spouse. He's going to love his spouse. And through the love he's going to have for for his spouse, he's going to be able to generate the same love and take it to the level to have unconditional love also towards Hashem. So a person has to have unconditional love on a physical level, on a spiritual, on a human level, let's say, better word, on a human level in order to be able to raise that love to a love between Hashem, between man and Hashem. Explains Rabbi Hadi that through a person loving their spouse, connecting to another person, having unconditional love for another human being, then that person becomes connected to the concept of Ava, 
of love, and that person becomes connected to this place called the Hechal Ava, the room of love, that's the place of Mashiach. And to bring Mashiach, and to bring the Shefa, the light, and to bring the, 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 uh, the, the sustenance and everything we want, we have to reach that level of accessing this room which is connected to Chesed, which is called the room of Ava. Concept of loving could be a very dry statement, but it has to be an unconditional love. Not because someone did something, not because she cooked me dinner, not because the food tastes good, not because he bought me a beautiful bracelet, not because he bought me the ring I was dreaming of, not because he lets me buy all the shoes I want from Henry Bendel. But, I don't know if that's the place he buys shoes, but the, 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 the concept has to be not for something. It has to be beyond. This is Hashem to us. Hashem loves us without condition. There's no condition in Hashem's love for us. He just wants to give us everything. It's a parent-child relationship. There's this anything. So the Arizal says, when we have this concept of love, and we see it relating to the Avot, to the forefathers, to Abraham, to Yitzchak, to Yaakov, to, the, to, to Sarah, to Rivka, to Rachel, to Leah, we have to understand that that it's not that someone's loving someone because of this or because of that. But the love, this Ahava, is a tool to reach the place called Ahava, to play, reach this place called Echal Ahava. It's not out of convenience, it's not out of reason, but it's for us to be able to experience this concept of unconditional love and take it to the next level. Adam Arishon says he sees everyone's with a mate, he really doesn't need a mate. He doesn't need a mate. Hashem created, could have, could have done everything, that, that being, whatever he was. He says, but through a mate, Adam says, you know what, Hashem, through the mate, I can get to this level. So Hashem says, wow, that's great, Adam. You're going to use your mate together, you and her. You're going to both have unconditional love for each other. And through that, both of you are going to achieve a connection to have unconditional love to this Hechal of, of Ava. Explains Rabbeinu Hari, this is a must. You can't just say, I love God. I love you, God. I love you, God. You can't just say that. You have no idea what love is all about. A person in a, in a vacuum has no idea what love is, what, no idea what unconditional love is. You can't just say, I love Hashem. Look at Adam HaRishon. He eats the tree from the fruit from the tree. Hashem says, did you eat the fruit, Adam? What's the first thing he says? Hey, 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 don't blame me. It's the wife you gave me. Wait a minute. I thought you love your wife. I thought the whole purpose of having a spouse is you should have unconditional love for each other. Adam, what do you think? Do you think the wife is so she should cook for you? What you bought her, what she bought you, that she went to work, and if she, she's not nice to you one day, or she burned the food, or if, uh, if, if, if he didn't uh, bring you what you wanted, or if he said something wrong, and he looked at you wrong, or he, 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 his attitude was wrong, what are you going to do? You're going to run to the, to the, to the, to the bed dean, you're going to run to the court, and you're going to say, hey, get us the get. Get those guys out in the street. They're going to take out their uh, bullhorns and stand in front of the house and say, give the get, give the get, give the divorce, give the divorce. Is that what it's all about? It's all about being married because what someone's going to do for me? 
explains that Rabbeinu Ari, this is not love. Love is the opposite. Love is if she did something wrong, if she did something bad, what is the husband supposed to do? He's supposed to cover for her, protect her, forgive her. Hashem asks Adam, did you eat from the tree? What should Adam say? You know what, Hashem, yes, it's my fault. Don't blame her. I messed up. I messed up. Then he succeeds in connecting to this place called unconditional love. But he fails by throwing her under the bus. If he doesn't fail, if he says, you know what, Hashem, it's my fault. Don't blame her. If he has unconditional love, then he attaches himself to this room. And everything then becomes possible, even what we don't deserve. So a person through their spouse is given the ability to learn the concept. Adam requested because he wanted to reach this level. So, if we could understand love, the love of a spouse, we can get to the level that love will connect us to the ultimate love of loving Hashem, to this place called Teheqa Ahava. This is what it means when we relate to the Kohen Gadol. The Kohen Gadol has to be married. He has to have a wife. He has to be able to connect to that room. There's the Kodesh HaKodashim, and the Kodesh HaKodashim is in some ways parallel to this room called the Hechal of love. So in order to come inside to this Kodesh HaKodashim, which is parallel to the spiritual world relating to Chesed, he has to be at that level. He has to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu unconditionally. But how can he prove that he can love anyone unconditionally, let alone God? He has to have and love his spouse. Without his wife, he's not connected. And if you only love your wife when it's your birthday and she brought you a present, (laughs) worthless. The concept of love is to bring us to understand love and bring us to loving Hashem. So we understand that really Adam requested it in order to have growth. It's interesting, the Gemara talks about an evil wife. Rav Chia says Hashem should save a person because an evil wife is worse than death. And, and, and it goes on and talks about stories of different rabbis. Rav's wife, she used to pain him every time he would ask her to make he would ask her to make rice for dinner. She would make lentils. If he asked her to make lentils for dinner, she would make rice. His son, Chia, grew up and he realized, you know what? Dad, if you ask her for chicken, she's going to make fish. If you ask her for fish, she'll make chicken. So I'm going to tell her the opposite and I know it's going to work. And all of a sudden, Rav, he didn't realize what his son was doing and he saw his wife is making everything he wants. She, she's doing wonderful things. She's, he's so happy. And he doesn't understand and he says to his son, what's going on? And his son said, no, Dad, I trick her. And she gives you the opposite of what she thinks you want, but I know how to trick her now. And he says, no, 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 no. I don't want you to, to become a person who speaks falsely. But still, Rav Chia, whose wife would paint him, he would still bring her a gift all of the time. He would bring her a gift. And he said, it's enough that they raise our children, they save us for sin. What, what's going on? It's interesting also, the Gemara says, a person who has an evil wife, he's guaranteed that he has a place in, in, uh, in heaven, that he's not going to go to Gehinam. What does that mean, that if my spouse is evil? It means that if my spouse is not always agreeing with me, if my spouse is kenegdo sometimes, if my, I come home and I say this and my wife says the other, 
I don't blow up. I don't scream. I don't have a fight. I have to realize that I have to overcome the differences because we have to be connected and we have to have unconditional love for each other. And that is a way for us to have unconditional love for Hashem. So when it says the Kohen, he should have atonement for himself and his house. How does he get forgiveness? <clears throat> a goat? A cow? Bring a katoret? Give God a bribe? Are we so stupid to think that God really needs the goat or the cow or the incense? No. The way is to connect to this Hechal Ahava. This is above the Gezerot. This is a place where even the undeserving can get. This is the whole concept of the Sheva Brachot, the seven blessings of the wedding. Quickly, Hashem's going to appear. And we're going to hear Kol Sasson with Kol Simcha. The concept of the marriage is now that these two, <coughs> these two people have come together. Each of them can now love another unconditionally where they come from different worlds and they're able to overcome those different worlds. Once they can overcome those different worlds and still be together, then they can achieve this level. So you could say, no, I could love my spouse, I could love my kid. No, but you come from the same world. It's when people come from different worlds. They come from different backgrounds and they could still overcome the differences to have this unconditional love. That's when the person can reach this place called Hecha Kodesh HaKodashim. The Kohen Kadol cannot be the Kohen Gadol without having a spouse. How could he ask forgiveness for the sins the people committed? How could he ask for Kapara? How could he ask forgiveness? It only comes because the forgiveness that we're asking for in Yom Kippur is not deserved. We're asking for forgiveness that we don't deserve. So what is happening? We're asking for to be given things beyond. The only way we can get things from beyond is when we achieve this level of unconditional love. So go back to Nadav and Avihu. It's interesting that one of the sins the rabbis bring is that they never got married and they never had children. And it seems that perhaps they were not on that level that they could have been, even though Moshe is saying that they're on the level of us, but still there's something lacking when they're not able to connect on that level. That level is also a protection against Gezerot. If, God forbid, I did something that I deserve to be punished, but I've achieved and I've connected to that level, then what happens? I overcome. I get more than I deserve. I'm not limited to what I deserve. <clears throat> the rabbis tell us that a member of the Sanhedrin, a member of the court, the judges who are judging a person's life, the person who's working as a judge cannot be a judge unless he's married with kids. Married with kids, why? Because that person is seeing life, he's seeing love, he has mercy. A person who doesn't experience that can't be a judge. Rambam goes on to say, even a genius, even if he's humble, even if he's the greatest of people, if he hasn't experienced this concept of unconditional love, no wife, no children, no judge, he cannot have the right mercy. 
a person's mercy, rachamim and chesed, come through their spouse, their children, their connections with other human beings. Hashem tells Moshe, tell Aharon, after the death of his sons, we see in Pinchas, it's very interesting, in Pinchas, in the, in, I mean in, 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 uh, in Bamidbad, the beginning of Bamidbad, it goes through the, the counting of the people, and it says, these are the children of Aharon, Nadav and Avihu, and then it says, and Nadav and Avihu died, and they had no children. The Torah specifically says, they had no children. It says, they didn't marry, they did not deserve, they did not have the right to act as a Kohen Gadol. The sin, in some way, whatever it was, shows that perhaps they didn't connect to a love of Kadosh Baruch Hu on the level that it could have been the ultimate love, without excuse, without condition. The, the Adi says you can't achieve that without a spouse. It's interesting, we have this concept, this is the direction. If you love everybody, love even when they don't love you back. <clears throat> then you reach this love, this connection to the room. I remember when one of the kids got married, maybe it was Ariana got married, my brother Victor said something very interesting. He said, look, we look in the period of the Omer, and, and I think because I heard it so many years ago, maybe I changed it on my own. But we have the students of Rabbi Akiva. 24,000 of them died during the period of the Omer. What was the sin? Lo Nahagu. They didn't respect one another. It's interesting. The story that we have of Rabbi Akiva, no matter how great he was, it's very interesting. His wife, who was some amazing woman, she was the daughter of Kalva Savua. She gave up everything to marry him. She was disowned by her own father. She went from being the wealthiest in the, in the country to the poorest. And she sends her husband off to study. And he goes off to study. I think it was 12 years. And she, he comes home. And she's with the neighbor, and the neighbor is saying, how horrible, your husband, he left you for so many years. And she says, if he goes back to study for another 12 years, then I would be thrilled. And he hears her. And he knows that if he comes inside the, 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 the hut where they live, he's not going to be able to leave her. And he goes back and he studies again. And then he comes back with these thousands and thousands of students. And the whole town is coming out to see this great sage. It's interesting, they say Kalva Savoa was coming to see this great sage to figure out what to do because he disinherited his, his daughter. And he didn't realize that this is his son-in-law. And he comes and his wife comes out to see him. And the students are pushing her away. Don't, don't go near the great rabbi. And he stops them and he says to them something. He says, listen, all that I have and all that you have is all because of her. All because of her. But the reality is, his students didn't see how he behaved with a wife because he wasn't with her. So maybe what the students' sin was was not that they disrespected each other, but maybe they disrespected their wives and therefore they didn't have a connection. And when the Gezerah came, that's why they were, they were the ones who died. And maybe what we mourn is the fact that we would have had a completely different world had 24,000 lived. Remember, all the Torah we have is from the five students who, who, who Rabbi Akiva went and raised after those 24,000 students died. That's our Torah, the Torah of Rabbi Yehuda, the Torah of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the Torah of Rabbi Yossi. That's the Torah that we have of the students of Rabbi 
Rabbi Akiva, imagine if 24,000, not five, survived. But if the 24,000 weren't able to connect to this concept of love, then they couldn't transmit the Torah to the next generation. There's a mitzvah that we have in this week's parashah. The mitzvah is on Sha'anez. Sha'anez, what's Sha'anez? Sha'anez is... Sha'anez is when we... <clears throat> when we're not permitted to wear linen and wool. We can't mix linen and wool. It's very bad. Filled with very stories of people who didn't check if they have Sha'anez. What could happen without checking? So, nevertheless, we understand that in the Mikdash, the tzitzit they wore with the blue string. The techelet, the blue string which they wore in their tzitzit, could be shatnez. And it's strange. You're telling me I can't wear shatnez, but if I'm in the Bet HaMikdash and my tzitzit is shatnez, I could wear them? The Zohar goes further and says, what is shatnez? Satan az. The Satan is powerful. When he sees a person wearing shatnez, he could overcome him. But tzitzit, as long as it has the techelet, it could be it could be okay. Why? It's mitzvah. Why? Explains Rabbeinu Hari <clears throat> that tzitzit is related to Ahava. Rambam wrote Yad HaChazaka, 14 books. One of his books is called Ahava, and that book is the laws of tzitzit. Tzitzit in some way represents Ahava, and it connects to that room upstairs. Explains that Rabbeinu Hari, the Satan is strong, Satan Az, Shatnez, Satan Az. But tzitzit with the blue string, don't be afraid, it connects you to the room upstairs. Above all, there's nothing to fear. There's a story that we learn in the Tanakh, that we read in the Navi. We have an unbelievable king. His name is Chizkiyahu. It says Chizkiyahu could have been the Mashiach. Chizkiyahu gets sick, and the Navi Yishayahu comes to visit him while he's sick. And as he's laying in bed, and he's very, very sick, the Navi says, prepare your last will and testament, because tomorrow you're dead. What do you mean tomorrow I'm dead? What'd I do? He says, you never got married. He says, what do you mean? I never got married. There's no halakha that says, if I don't get married, I'm going to die. We know mitzvah aseh, the only ones that a person has to fulfill, or he's under big uh, danger, is brit milah and korban pesach. But if he didn't do tefillin, he didn't do lulav, he's not going to die. Only Milan, Korban Pesach. So why is the Navi telling him because he didn't get married, you're going to die? And the rabbis explain that if he didn't marry, if he didn't try, he could have. He didn't. It's not like he tried and he was prevented. He didn't. It shows he couldn't have this concept of Ahava. He doesn't love anyone. He doesn't love others. He can't love Hashem. <clears throat> so he says he's going to turn to Hashem and pray. Explains the Rambam, Tefillah is also Ahava. Says Rabbi Yochanan, he would pray all of the time. And if a man prays, he can connect to this place called this place called the Hechal of Ahava. Even if he deserves punishment, he could be saved. How? Because his Tefillah his pleading with Hashem is showing he's connected in some way. Like we said, the students of Rabbi Akiva, they died. No respect, but it has to be other reasons. Says the Arizal, they didn't respect, they didn't love, they didn't connect. We see other reasons they died, but without loving unconditionally, they're not protected. We're in this time of the Omer. 
We're in this time of Gezerot. We're in this time with the sword of Damocles hanging over our head. What do we have to do to escape the room? The answer is in the Berasha. Connect to the room. Escape the Gezerot. Connect to the room. The students died. They didn't respect. They didn't connect. This is what the Zohar means. Shavuot is a chance for us to get out of exile. Why does it mean Shavuot is a chance? Explains the Arizal. The Mashiach can come on the first night of Pesach, true. But Shavuot is the day we said, We will do and we will hear. We get the Torah. Hashem loves us. Ahavat Olam. The Torah comes from this place called the gates of love. It's a different concept. All the laws and reasons don't apply. We're in a different system. We can connect at a different level. The idea of Sefirat HaOmer, the idea of counting the Omer, which we do each night, is for us to build level by level by level to connect. We have to remember that Ahava, that love, is greater than Yid'ah fear. Yes, we have to have Yid'ah. We have to have fear. But we have to build up to the level of Ahava, to this connection. We should know fear is very important. But the main thing is love. Love is greater. It's very difficult to reach a level of unconditional love of Hashem. We were talking today. And we were saying, you know, we don't understand why things happen, how things happen. But you could sometimes see when you start putting together these pieces of a puzzle that don't make sense, <clears throat> that in fact, Hashem is putting this puzzle together, each piece we don't understand, and they're all for your benefit. We start to see pieces fill in, and a picture starts to emerge. And then you realize, wow, this is all for me. Hashem really cares for me. He loves me. He wants to take care of me. I have to do whatever I can to achieve that same level of unconditional love that Hashem has for me. I have to have it for Him. Unless a person keeps the mitzvot, he can't reach this level of unconditional love and be connected. This is what it means when the Goy is standing in front of Hillel. Convert me while I stand on one foot. What do you mean? Hillel says basically, Love your brother like yourself. What's Hashem expecting? Love him. Reach that level that he's going to be able to give even when you don't deserve. Chas v'shalom, even if we only get what we deserve. The Rambam talks about the book of Ahava, things that show Ahava, you have to connect. You have to connect. All of these things that Hashem gives us as a way to connect to Hashem. We said also, it says, You should love your friend like yourself. Maybe your friend is really your spouse. The rabbis tell us you have to love your spouse like your own body. I know my wife is listening. Oh, she put a check mark. Now she got on. She got on Chantal, probably in the car going to dinner at Jonah's house. Okay. Now she put that check mark. Because they say a person has to list, love his wife like he loves himself. More than he loves himself. Because loving another person has to come through a person in order to achieve a heavenly love. Rabbeinu Ari says this is the connection between the parshiot. You want to be saved from the gezerot. You want to be saved from the punishment. You want to be saved from the negative forces. 
The Zohar says, expect the Mashiach in Shavuot. Why? How? Only when? We achieve this level of Ve'ahavta L'Re'acha. Ve'ahavta L'Re'acha, love your brother like yourself. And Hashem is saying, Ve'ahavta L'Re'acha Kamocha, Ani Hashem. And Rabbi Avitan would always tell us, you know what that means? Love your brother like yourself. Why does it have to end? Because if you can't love people, you can never love me. If you want a relationship with God, you first have to have a relationship with people. The secret of a shiduch is to look for the wife. Find the right wife. And don't be afraid if she gives you a hard time. Like, honey, take off the phone now. Don't listen now. You shouldn't listen to the rest. It says, even if she gives you a hard time, smile. Realize that you're being put to a test. That you have to still have... Oh, she really... No. So, so you have to be have unconditional love. You have to have the unconditional love even when things aren't going your way. Even when things don't make sense. Even when you say, you want to pull your hair out of your head. We said the Gemara says a bad wife, you never see Gehinam. It's a joke, right? Because what's the joke? He says because the guy lived in hell, in the earth. He's not going to go to hell when he goes to hell. But the Arizal says, why? Because if you still love your wife, even though it's, it's not perfect, even when she doesn't listen to you, even when you don't agree, if you still love, you get to that level. Even after there was the wrong thing, you're still nice to her. You still do, you're still her secretary. You still do her things. You still do what they have to do. Then what happens is, you don't go to Gehinam. You show love, Hashem's going to show you mercy. You reach that level. If you have conditional love, you don't connect. This is the Gemara. Love your wife as yourself. Like your own body. Similar to Re'acha Kamocha. It means unconditional love as you love yourself. This is the purpose of a spouse. A man and wife have to love each other. Not unconditioned, but they reach a level that will connect to a room upstairs. Adam Harishon, he should have been the Mashiach. Everything could have been resolved. Had he done one thing, he said, Hashem, give me a wife. Give me a wife in order that I could show unconditional love. And the first moment that he's put to the test, what does he do? He says, ah, it wasn't me, it was the wife you gave me. He should have connected. Hashem realized it's a great idea. He gave him Chava separate of himself as a tool for both of them. But they both failed. They failed and we have to correct their failure. We have the tool. The tool is maybe imperfect relationships. We come from different worlds. We come from different concepts. But we have to overcome that. We have to come to a level of unconditional love. This is the first tool. Then we come to Ve'ahavta L'Re'acha. L'Re'acha Kamocha. Everyone around us. We start level by level to interconnect with humanity. And Hashem is telling us when we could love each other, when we can connect with each other, when we can be unconditional with each other, when we could reach that level, then we can achieve and reach that level with Him. Bezrat Hashem will all be zocher. To 